San Diego First Church, so good to be with you again. This is Pastor Matt. I am with our lead pastor, D. Kelly. Good to be with you again. Thanks, Matt. Love being it with you and doing this. It's a wonderful part of my week. Yeah, we uh, we just had Sunday. This, uh, we're recording this on a Monday, and we uh, had the first worship service of our Lent season. Ah, yes. And uh, in the Family Life Center, of all places. <laughs> Um, and uh, today we're going to be looking at uh, the scripture that Dee preached from, which was Psalm 32, in connection to the other lectionary passages. Uh, now, there were some, I, I, to my take and to your understanding as well, you had some subtle references mm-hmm. to, uh, to the Romans 5 and the Genesis 2 passages. Uh, Genesis 2, 15 through 17, and 3, verses 1 through 7. Yeah. Um, help us unpack those before we jump into the Matthew text. Well, the the Psalm 32, which was the text for Sunday morning, um, was this beautiful psalm about confession and um, forgiveness. And the theme of forgiveness throughout the psalm is, to me, such a powerful piece of um, scripture itself, but this passage attributed to David and David's experience of forgiveness, which I think was so wonderful. Well, the those who have put together the lectionary and the readings that we had, the Genesis passage speaks about the fall of Adam and Eve and uh, the temptation in the garden and how they hid from God. And one of the references in the message was about how the psalmist speaks about God being my hiding place Mm. and what a transformation that is from what we feel when we've sinned or separated ourselves from God by what we've done. We hide from God. Um, In the Genesis passage, it's a literal hiding as depicted by the writer. Uh For most of us, it's an emotional, psychological, spiritual hiding that takes place. And yet God continues to seek us out with yeah. grace and love. And so that was the connection to the Genesis passage. The Romans passage was a little more subtle. Um, the Romans passage reading for this week talks about um, the difference between the kingdom of the flesh or the kingdom of this earth and the kingdom of God that's been brought about by the mm-hmm. Son of God who's come and, and uh, provided a way for us. And it's not just for us, but it's that the kingdom might come mm-hmm. among us. Yeah. And so near the beginning of the message, I spoke about um, being under the rule of some kingdom in life, uh, whatever political power or structure we live under, and that there is this subtle nonviolent overthrow that is in the process of taking place yeah. as we give ourselves over to the new characteristics of that kingdom and one of those key characteristics being forgiveness Mm -hmm. so those were some of the connections what i didn't do is make a connection to the matthew 4 passage which is what we're looking at Uh this uh, this day so if you want to read it for us jump in yeah here we go matthew chapter 4 verse 1 then jesus was led up by the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil he fasted 40 days and 40 nights and afterwards He was famished. The tempter came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. But he answered, It is written, One does not live by bread alone, but every word that comes from the mouth of God. 
Then the devil took him to the holy city and placed him on the pinnacle of the temple, saying to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, He will command his angels concerning you, and on their head on their hands they will bear you up, so that you will not dash your foot against a stone. And Jesus said to him, Again, it is written, Do not put the Lord your God to the test. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him in all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. And he said to them, all these I will give you if you will fall down and worship me. And Jesus said to them, away with you, Satan, for it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve only him. Then the devil left him and suddenly angels came and waited on him. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So I'm curious, Matt, um, this passage about the temptation of Christ. Yeah. Have you ever, ever been tempted to command stones <laughs> to be turned into bread? I I presently have not. Okay. <laughs> Never been a temptation of mine. I won't go through all of these, but have you ever sure. been tempted at the top of the highest point of our church to just jump off? Uh no, but I have been tempted just to hang out up there for a while. Yeah. <laughs> climbing up. Yeah, maybe. climbing up is awesome. Because <laughs> <laughs> it is an incredible view yeah. from the roof of our building. It was amazing. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I but have, not to throw myself off. Yeah. And be caught by angels. I have often looked at this passage and and the um, other passage comes to mind that Jesus has been tempted in all ways as we have been tempted. And I read these and I go, ah, somehow I feel like we've been tempted in different ways because yeah. <laughs> these are not my temptations. Yeah. And so um, recently I thought, well, what if I didn't look at the temptation, but I looked at Jesus's response as a way by which to understand what Jesus was tempted to do. And I feel like I get a different feel for this passage when I do that. Mm. And and so the confessional piece um, that has to do with Psalm 32 makes me wonder what is Jesus confessing in this, in his response to the temptation. Mm. So the first one, um, it seems like his response about... um, where we find our nourishment in in um, the Word of God, um, mm-hmm. that there is a temptation to f- to try and find life in things other than the life giver, and that's what Jesus's response r- reminds me of. So I may never be tempted by the bread piece uh, uh, in regard to stones turning them yeah. into bread, but I certainly find myself regularly being drawn to things that I think will give me joy yeah. or or life or happiness. And the writer in Psalm 32 says, happy is or blessed is the person whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sin is covered. Um, blessed or happy is the one um, whose sins are not counted against him by the Lord. This whole notion that forgiveness is like a cornerstone. Yeah for joy and happiness, and that we ought to find our joy in this characteristic of God, this abundant, extravagant grace. Yeah. And it feels like maybe that's what that temptation is about a little bit, is 
is Jesus was certainly really hungry. He's he gone for 40 days yeah, yeah. without um, that kind of particular sustenance. And finding the source or gratification of life in something other than God is a regular temptation that I can relate to. And I think the other temptations are there as well if I look at Jesus' response. Oh, certainly. Um, that of, I mean, to your point around the, the bread alone, that not understanding, because at least for me, I always connect this, the temptation of Jesus and compare it with the wandering of the Israelites through the desert, the the wilderness wanderings of the Israelites is forty years. Jesus is tempted for forty days. Yeah, um, this is coming right before this temptation narrative is coming right before Jesus's Sermon on the Mount. Uh, the wanderings of the Israelites end with Moses's sermon from the Mount. That is the Book of Deuteronomy. Um, so I always kind of look there, and one of the and I think you're correct to point out, like, yeah, uh, Christ confesses correctly, right? That, that it's in, we may not be particularly um, tempted by the way that Christ was, but um, many of those same things are in, uh, available to us still. Like, taking for granted the gift of God's creation and thinking of, of it as our own, of our own power, that we did that, um, rather than recognizing the giftedness. Um same with the like throwing yourself off. I, I found in that uh, uh, throwing yourself off the the highest point, the temple. Um, certainly, it's trying God, but I think there's a particular like religious nature to that. That Jesus is being thrown off the temple, or is tempted to do that on the temple, not off of you know the um, uh, like the Eiffel Tower <laughs> or like <laughs> another structure that's right. of you know, magnitude uh, and some height. The The temptation is on the temple. And that might have been certainly the tallest building in Jerusalem. Um, it certainly was. Uh, and yet there's this particular over a religious overtone there that is tempting or trying God for like religious exterior region, reasons. That like per, my performance of the trial of the, of, of what is religiously supposed to be uh, is not as important as my faithfulness. Hmm. Like there's an external religiosity, for lack of a better word, like that is being pushed here by the devil that Jesus is like, I'm not going to try God for this, for this religious reason, for this, for the sake of demonstrating authority, right? The, even the even the question is, well, if you are the son of God, right? You would do that. God would do this for you. But the, the we often don't think of like, oh yeah, our our faith practice can be a place where um, the temptation of being the most pious. Um, takes place. Yeah. And I think the connecting point for me in that Psalm 32 passage is the posture that moves um, the writer and then the writer encouraging us to move from what is kind of an arrogant posture toward God of God prove it. Yeah. God prove to me that you are who you say you are as opposed to the humility of confession mm -hmm. that says my inability 
to do the things I long to do or be without your power is enough for me to surrender to you yeah. without moving to a posture of, uh, before I do that, prove to me these yeah. things. And I, and I think that over and over in Scripture, God calls out the arrogant and honors the humble. Hmm. And confession is such a humbling posture. Yeah. And I, I wonder if the invitation is never from God to be demeaning to us in inviting us into a place of confession, mm-hmm. but is inviting us into a place of freedom mm-hmm. so that we don't have to prove ourselves. Correct. Yes. Yes. That, that God's not saying to us, prove it. Mm-hmm. God's saying, I'm yours. Yeah. And I, I, that's a tough thing for pride to get to. Um, for self-sufficiency to be let go, to um, the the notion of getting what's rightfully mine. But that's the whole point of the inside-out kingdom yes, and the overthrow of the self-serving, me-focused agenda um, as God invites us into a storyline that's so much bigger than that. Which you mentioned, and I love that line in the sermon, and you just said it, the what we are being called into is the subtle nonviolent revolution overturning. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And that we are a part of that bringing about the kingdom uh, of God in that subtle nonviolent way, which goes to the third temptation here of, of Jesus being on the highest mountain, which mountains are usually connected to powers, political powers. And, Satan going, here's all of the political power and technology you would ever need to be glorified here on earth. And Jesus is like, I'm going to worship God, right? That we aren't to worship these political powers that are in front of our face, but we are a part of a different kingdom that is that subtle, nonviolent revolution of this kingdom of God here on earth. Yeah. And I, I, a reminder to me always is in the midst of that, let's not pretend, though, that we're not living in the midst of those kingdoms. Oh, most yeah. <laughs> so the invitation from our Savior is, let me show you how to live a new way where you are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> be, be part of God's kingdom in the midst of living as aliens in that land. Yeah. And... Um, even the radical nature of praying for the prosperity of the city or the kingdom in which you are in, mm-hmm. but doing so out of this grace and love that is revolutionary yeah. um, is fascinating. Participate in the, the peace of the city. Don't worship it. Right, 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 right. <laughs> Don't worship it. What a great connecting point between these two. Yeah. And two passages that, at least upon my like immediate reading, didn't seem like a lot of connections. <laughs> I agree. There's plenty there. <laughs> Good to be with you this afternoon, Dee. You as well, Matt. Thanks.